Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. With all the stress and pandemonium we've been enduring with politics and COVID-19 and social distancing and doom and gloom, end of the world conspiracy theories, many people would love to just escape from it all. If that's something you've pondered, you're in the right place. Joining me is Gary Collins, best-selling author of the Simple Life book series, which shares how we can simplify our lives and maybe possibly completely escape and live off the grid. Life's gotten just so complicated and stressful lately, which can really wreak havoc on our health, our social life, and our career. If you want to know how to declutter your life, escape all the noise, and enjoy a simple life, you're in the right place. Stay tuned. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman. Changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest has an extensive background in military intelligence. He was a special agent for the U.S. State Department Diplomatic Security Service, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and U.S. Food and Drug Administration. He holds an A.S. degree in Exercise Science, B.S. in Criminal Justice, and an M.S. degree in Forensic Science. He's a highly sought-after speaker and best-selling author of this Simple Life series of books. He's been interviewed on CBS Sports and Coast to Coast AM, the RT Network and Fox News, just to name a few. He hosts the popular podcast, Your Better Life. In addition, he's considered one of the world's leading go-to experts for those seeking life simplification. Welcome back to the show, Gary Collins. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you back. You know, with so much going on in the world right now, this is such a relevant topic. You know, I was saying last week to a friend of mine, wouldn't it be great if we could just live on Gilligan's Island, somewhere completely off the grid? And you actually found such an escape on 50 secluded acres in the mountains. Share with us what motivated you to declutter and simplify your life. Well, it started a long time ago. I, I grew up very remote, um, little small town in the middle of nowhere in California, and people are shocked by that. But it's a little town, 1,800 people. The town I lived in was another 20, 25 miles from that town. And the first one was 50. Then the next one was 100 people. So I grew up very remote. Um, and unless you've experienced that lifestyle, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. But it's a lot. You have, have a lot more free time. It's very quiet. I uh, grew up poor, though. It wasn't like I was living on a state somewhere, hanging around. Uh, you know, my, I entertained myself. I played a lot of sports, rode my bike, hunting, fishing hiking, all that good stuff, and going to the government in, and spending half my life in the government living in big cities all over the country and visiting some all over the world, I just had had enough uh, of everything is the best way to put it. And that was, gosh, it was a decade ago now when I left. So I kind of knew things were going in a wrong direction is the best way to put it. I just had a feeling uh, and also obviously being on the inside, working in the government and working with all those fools. I was over it. I was like, I've got to do something else. And I was actually tremendously unhappy. And I'd done everything right. I did everything the way I was told, you know, uh, bust your butt, do good in school, get good grades, go to college, get the job and grind yourself to death, basically. And that's how I felt. I went, this is not how humans are wired to live. So I just kind of started exploring remote land and came up with a plan, hatched it even while I was in the government. And it was to live remote, but the off-grid stuff was not necessarily 100%. But as I got into it and started exploring everything, I realized, well, to live remotely, you have to live off the grid because there's no utilities out there. 
So that's where that's where it all hatched from and spent five years building my house debt free, own it 100 percent. I'm debt free, have been for a long time. And that's basically how I live my life now. And your neighbors is nature, <laughs> right? Oh, you know, yeah, but you do have neighbors. Oh, when I bought this property, unfortunately, with all the, you know, the urban crawl and everything, you know, I bought it seven, eight years ago and uh-huh. I had no neighbors. My nearest neighbor was a mile and a half. Well, now I'm surrounded, you know, I, I yeah. bought more land to try and buffer myself and I have some future plans. I bought another property in another location and um, have some other plans to do some other things, but you're not going to get completely away from neighbors unless, you know, you, you buy a hundred, 500,000 acres right. bordering, you know, state land and even state land has people on it. You know, people go there, they hunt, they'll do other things, they hike. And that's probably the mi- biggest misconception people think. Unless you go out in the middle of nowhere all by yourself, you're still have neighbors. I mean, that's just yeah, unavoidable. True. Now, I know I know. last year you published the Simple Life book called The Guide to Decluttering Your Life, which kind of mm-hmm. touches the base at home, even if we have neighbors that are just a, a flick away. And this isn't necessarily cleaning out your closets. It's more about how to remove unnecessary internal and external stressors in order to lead a healthy life. What are some common things that create unnecessary clutter in people's lives? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I mean, we're seeing it today. I, I talk about even social media. And, and the news media, I go, these are things that people get wrapped around the axle and literally blow years of their life paying attention to and wasting time on. That's a big one. Technology, I always say, use it as a tool and don't let it use you as a tool, you know, <laughs> because I run a business. I run a business off technology, but people are shocked. I have far less technology than the average American person who does not run a business, you know, that has a job. And it's getting caught around the axle of also our consumer lifestyle. Um, we tend to buy a lot of things, a great majority of things that we don't need. And we're trying to fill a gap in kind of a unfulfilled life with shiny objects is how I put it. Instead of focusing on the things that matter. And I teach the three-legged stool to the simple life, which is finding your optimal health, which we both obviously can relate to. That's where you always should start. I'm from a health background um, and government, but also financial freedom by being debt-free and finding your life purpose. So by decluttering, you kind of end up in the three-legged stool if you do it right. But those are kind of some of the, the highlights of what I teach in there of, you know, getting rid of unnecessary items. Don't buy unnecessary. If you, you, first thing you should ask yourself, do I need it? Can I live without it? Can I afford it? And, and once you answer those three questions, basically, you're good. Most of the time you'll go, no, 90% of the items you buy, you will say no to if you ask yourself those three questions. You know, it's not about True. giving you joy. I love that. Yeah. You know, if this item gives you joy, my drill doesn't give me joy. I use it to <laughs> drill holes. That's what it's for. My saw does not give me joy. It's to cut down trees. You know what I mean? It's to get fire. Yeah. You have yeah. to be in that concept. I- so true. I know in your latest book, you have it's called Guide to Small Habits for Big Change. You focus on how people can escape uncertainty and find their purpose in life. And I've really been focused on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. What do you feel is one of the biggest obstacles people, you know, that keep people from getting from where they are to where they want to be? I would say it's letting society live your life for you instead of you living the life you want. And that's the problem. We've been told that we have to live a specific way or you're almost ostracized, right? 
you're not, you're odd, you're abnormal. And I tell people, I'm so normal, I'm strange. I'm just living the life. <laughs> I want a life of freedom. You know, as long as I'm not harming anyone else, who cares? You know, humans were, were, we were born to be free. And we have all these constraints and all these ideologies of what we're supposed to do. And I think once you break free from that and go, okay, what makes me happy? You know, what, what would you do if you, you know, to spend your time on this planet, even if you weren't paid? That's usually where your purpose comes from. And money kind of dilutes everything. But I also tell people money equals freedom. You better not poo-poo on money too hard because without money, a lot of things will not happen. And unfortunately, that's the society we live in, you know. But if you treat money carefully and you treat it, like I said, as an avenue for freedom, well, it changes the whole direction. Because like me, I don't need that much money to live off of because I've adapted my life to living simply, debt-free. And I have a normal house. People think I sit in a lawn chair making, you know, animal figures in the light with my hands. It's not that way at all. I live a fairly normal life. It's just I don't waste my time and money on these outside things that have no impact on making my life better. If anything, they make it more complicated and worse. We've just been told that we need to do that to make it better. Yeah, well said. I know there's uh, two statements from your latest book that I want to share with the listeners I really uh, resonated with. First one was that you said, if I had followed the road I was destined to be on, I wouldn't be where I am today. And then later in the book, you told people you should never trust an author in their 20s that has written a self-help book. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Share how the storms that we endure in our past are really needed for our future. Well, exactly. And I I use the, the term false prophets in some of my more recent books. And I talk about that today. I think a huge problem that we're facing in America and that's turning us into what we are today uh, is following false prophets. These people who don't have a background, they're just there to sell you something. And I hate to be even use the word self-help for me because that word is tainted to me. I I don't like being categorized in there because there's a lot of sharks and you dig into their background And what does someone in their early 20s know about anything? I was an idiot in my 20s. I was an idiot, heck, in my 30s for the most part. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I always say it's it's knowledge and experience. You know, time, butt in the seat, time in the salt mines. That's how you gain the knowledge and experience to share to other people to help them. Not by reading some other person's self-help book who has no background in anything, It's the trials and tribulations that give you the background in order to help people. You know, uh, one, I, I, people, until I explain it to them, I go, being in a car accident doesn't make you someone to write a self-help book. And they go, what do you mean by that? It's really cruel. I go, well, even if you were on the brink of death, I go, you're, you're a human, you're wired to survive. That was an accident. And a lot of these guys use car accidents. And it's some weird pattern. And I go, that has nothing to do with helping people better their lives. That I think it's fine that, you know, great that you were in this traumatic event and you came out of it. But that doesn't mean you have the experience to help people. Maybe you have the experience to help people get through a car accident, but not change their lives for building a business and being more. You know what I mean? And that's how you have to look at it. You have to look at it and go, what are these people actually telling me? And is it just regurgitated BS or is there actual experience? 
experience here, and I'm a big, this is what I'm known for, and people always say, he said, whatever he says, he does. And because I've had people try and call me out and I go, oh, yeah, I go, come on up to the property. Come on up. I'll invite you up. If you don't think I do what I do, as a matter of fact, I leave a lot of it out. I do a lot more that I don't even share. And that's what you have to make sure. Follow the right people. You know, get the experience and knowledge so to true. better yourself from the people who are the leaders. And I call them the, the torchbearers. You know, we're not, we're not inventing right. anything new. We're learning from the torchbearers of the past. And we're taking that information and we're using it to better our lives in order to pass, you know, move it forward to help other people. It's a huge yeah. problem today. Uh, and that's so, part of so consumerism. True. Yeah. So true. Talk to us about food. Obviously, if someone's going to live off the grid, they're going to have to be self-sufficient when it comes to food. And I've interviewed Ted Nugent and his wife, Shemaine, on the show. And they hunt. They grow their own veggies. And if grocery stores close down, no big deal. They can survive. No problem. What are some things people should start doing to take control of what they put into their mouth? Especially, we've seen some of this future. Maybe, hey, grocery stores are going to be shut down. Who knows what's going to be the future? Yeah, you never know. Um, I would recommend... If you're concerned about that, the first thing you got to do is go to the hunter safety course, get your hunting license. Right. First thing. Um, I did that when I was 12, you know, I've, you know, and, and just starting to learn, um, you know, I don't know for me, I look at the food chain in, in America and we have plenty of food. The problem is people are buying all the wrong food. When I, when this all hit, I went to my healthy local grocery store cause I'm on top of the mountain. I can't homestead. I'm not here all year long. So I don't homestead right. um, and I don't self-sustain yet. I want to, but between writing books and running a business and traveling and speaking, it hasn't quite worked out yet um, that, you know, just start preparing for finding good food sources. But for me, healthy food is never in a shortage. It seems like when I went to a grocery store, all the toilet paper, top ramen and spam was gone. You know, all the, uh-huh, all the true. chips, cookies, Coke, all that was taken out in a mall. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to work on our obesity and type 2 diabetes is what it appears. We're not trying to actually fix anything. I went to the meat section, and then there uh-huh. was plenty of grass-fed meat. There was no shortage of that. I've had no issues getting any healthy meats or vegetables. The fruits and vegetables were stacked. Matter of fact, I thought people bought less of them during this crisis than they did before. It was bizarre. Um, but yeah, just learn how to hunt, find a good food source. I order now uh, grass-fed beef and products through a ranch uh, in, in, in Minnesota. There's plenty of them out there. You just do a, right. a, an internet search and you'll find them. And they'll ship it to you. I get it a day later. You know, I pay for it. It's all frozen. Yeah. They ship it out. That's the key. Yeah, I go pick it up, stick it in my freezer. I'm good for a month. And I have a small freezer. I do not have a big one. Yeah, you do not. I was on one of your podcasts. I, I love it, by the way. I enjoyed listening to it. You, one of your segments, you talk about the importance of not wasting your time. And that resonated <laughs> with me because as, as I've grown older, I see more gray hairs on my head. I've learned that the most valuable asset I own is my time and more valuable than the accomplishments, best-selling books, magazine covers I've done or money I make. And, and in this segment, you said when you allow someone to waste your time, you're letting them steal from you. They are literally stealing precious moments that you can never have back. Share with, what do you mean by that? Oh, you know, as running a business and, you know, I always tell people the biggest uh, funnel or slowdown of my business is dealing with other people. (laughs) 
And I had a couple people I had business relationships who just wasted a ton of my time. And one of them getting rid of, I just finally said, you know what? I gave you all the chances I can give you. You're, you're aggravating me. You're wasting my time. You're wasting my money. It's time for you to go. I, I just, I can't deal with it anymore. And that's where it came from. And, and the attitude of they couldn't quite understand what I was getting at. And I go, here's that, 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 that. And, I, and that's why I ended. I went, went you're stealing from me. Uh, it literally, and, and our time is so precious. We only have so much time on this earth. And that's how I treat, I treat my life. Uh, you know, we're only immortal for a limited time, right? Is <laughs> how you True. look at it. And right. I just stole from Neil Peart right there. Um, but <laughs> it, it's one of those where I look at every moment I have. I don't want to waste it. You know, I, I want to make sure I'm doing something positive, being engaged. And once you start doing that, you know, playing those video games for five hours straight, are, are you going to look back, you know, in your 60s, 70s, 80s and go, oh, my God, what was I doing? And I'm not saying video games are bad. Uh, they're not great, but I'm not saying, but people do a lot of things just to waste time. And the biggest thing you always hear people say, especially in the health world, we, we've heard this a million times. The first thing you, a client will say to you or a patient, I don't have enough time and I don't have enough money. And I instantly dispel that like that i can find hours in the day that they waste yeah i've done that every too. single day every single day they just waste time uh-huh. and most of it's blowing money <laughs> they're spending time wasting yeah. time blowing money and i go hey i've got plenty of time for you to work out plenty so don't let's yeah they don't want to exercise yeah they don't want to exercise and eat right they don't have the time to plant a garden but boy they'll tell you what show is the best to binge watch on netflix <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or reading, you know, those 10 romance novels in a row. And nothing gets romance novels either. It's just you have to look at your time and where is it best spent to make your life better? And again, we got we've gotten into that chase shiny objects thing. And you know how it is. You, yeah. talk, you talk about it. It's the dopamine rushes. You know, we're, we're getting these little little highs from all these things, but they're not long term. It's just short term dumps. Um, and it's addiction. Uh, you know, I, we, we, they've done studies on it. These little shopping highs are a, turn into an addiction. Multitasking, the little dopamine addiction. I write a whole chapter about multitasking. Multitasking gets less done than anything you can think of. Focus on one thing at a time, get it done, move on to the next one. We're not wired to multitask, especially all the time. Especially with the, with it being glued to the cell phone, it's funny. You know, I've been guilty of that as well. You know, I got all these social media, and I got you know CEO of a nutrition company and a radio show and patients and this da 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 da. And I went to take a walk just to get away from it all. And I went and grabbed my cell phone and, and I said, "What am I doing? Leave the cell phone." And I went and took a walk in the forest. Felt so good just to escape, be away. And of course, I, I have that habit. I'm reaching at my belt trying to say, "Oh, maybe do I have a message?" I got. And I said, "Wow, this is nice." I don't have my cell phone. I've unplugged. And it's, you know, more and more people need to do that. We're just so prisoner to these electronics, aren't we? Very much so. And I've, I've, I had the social media apps on my phone for a short period of time. And that was it. And then I never even used them. And I, I don't even really use social media anymore. I use uh, Twitter for mainly for the podcast. And I have a group of friends on there. And I've right. noticed if you use it as a tool and use it right, there's a lot less chaos going on in there. Like we don't, no one responds. Every once in a while, a troll will jump in there trying to stir the pot. 
it's funny. The group of people I follow and right. all this, no one will engage them. They just sit there. They shoot something out, and no one ever responds to it. You know, and if it's something nasty, I just block them. And I noticed that using Twitter that right. way, and I don't use it very much, that it's a totally different animal when you do it that way. And don't get me wrong, I don't like a whole lot of these social media creators and CEOs, and I'm not a fan of them either. But I use it as a tool for the business. You know, that's where I find people for the podcast. They have found me. I just had someone find me, which is going to be an amazing interview. And I was like, without it, they may not have been able to reach out to me. So it's a tool for me. No, and that's how you you touch. That's how you touch base with me. You said, "Hey, I was on the yep. show in the past." I said, "Oh, Gary, yeah." yeah. And it's like you know, I have thousands of people I've interviewed, and you know, it, it, and by you doing that, boom. So I think it does serve its purpose. But man, you see these people—they can't go twenty minutes without pulling it up and answering and tweeting and this and that. It's like, wow, you, there's a time and a place for it. And I've actually have a time and a place where I've actually devoted a little bit of time in the day. That's when I go. And check my emails and yep. check I can't be prisoner of just checking it all and I think that helps as well let me ask you, I'm curious sure. you know when you do live off the grid you escape from it all away from the noise and confusion and that hectic world around you is there anything you miss does a quiet and simple life totally fulfill you yeah I, I get asked that all the time I, I, I got asked about relationships and all that and I'm there you I'm, 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 I'm older I turned 50 you know I've been dating and all, through all that uh -huh. along I'm, I'm over that <laughs> at this point I'm good yeah um, uh -huh. But if I want a relationship, it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, I'm not out just completely isolated. It's just I choose not to look for it. Um, I'm at a point in my life and also living this lifestyle. To be honest with you, a lot of women aren't interested in this lifestyle. So True. Yeah. There, you, there, you, there you go. I don't really miss anything. I really don't. Um, I really like my life. I've, I, I consider myself very lucky. You know, I'm, I was born in this, in this free country, and it's got a lot of problems, trust me. Right. But I've been all over the world. I've seen despair. I've seen people with no hope and no chance. We're very, very lucky here. And that's how I look at every day. I did nothing special to deserve this. Right place, right time. That's it. So I'm very thankful yeah. to be able to live this lifestyle. And I just do the things I want. And like you, I run a business that I love. I love my business. Right. You know, I, you know, so, you know, and I do still live in my RV. I still do that. Yeah. I just bought another property. I'm going to build another house in another part of the country um, that will be grid tied. And I'm going to talk about that and write a book about That's the differences because I'm going to take all the tools I learned from living off the grid and apply them to that. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get to embrace something that, that I think we, we lose touch with, and it's just one word, silence. And, and yep. it reminds me, I interviewed uh, Meryl Hemingway, came on the show, and I introduced her, and I said, you know, I asked her a question, and it was just silence, and she told me that, that, that this was going to happen. And we just sat there for 20 seconds, and then she cut back. She goes, wasn't that awkward? Didn't everybody kind of like – panic a little bit like what's going on you hear silence yeah. and it's like oh e e e this is this is what i wanted to present to you sometimes silence is good to get in touch with that thought but it was interesting because you know in radio silence is like oh panic time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it was interesting how she said get in touch with silence you get in touch with your thoughts and nature and i really like that it resonated with me as well because it's like that's never happened we always feel we've got a back and forth and always have noise around us all this noise especially nowadays with the media well, yeah, and once you get used to and growing up that way, I grew up with pretty much total quiet. You know, I grew up isolated in the middle of nowhere, and it was quiet every day. I lived near the mountains, and, you know, so I was used to it. Now when I go to a city, 
and as I, you know, even then, it's just pure noise. I remember the first time I went to New York City, I went, how do people live like this? This is absolutely mind-boggling how loud it is all the time in Manhattan. You know, three in oh, the morning. Especially the horns. Oh, the, the horns all the time. Non-stop. Meep, 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 Con- yeah. constantly. Non-stop. I'm and, the same way. I couldn't yeah. sleep. I put pillows over my ear. It's, it's so opposite of quietness and calmness. <laughs> well, and we know, too, that it, it gets your, your synthetic nervous system pumping, too. And you're, you get into this fight or flight. You're just constantly – these noises cause – cause a lot of agitation and because we're, we're, we're wired for quiet, you know, we're wired. Our ears are meant to hear, hear predators, you know, hear, hear, right. hear things we need, you know, and now it's just noise. It's just constant bombardment and our nervous system doesn't quite know how to handle that. So by the time you go to bed and if it's still noisy, you're just afraid. I think that's a big problem why people have a hard time sleeping. There's multiple, multiple avenues to that. But I think of it's just so all this true. noise exposure all the time i love so, so true yeah i do too except uh you know it is a little awkward if i ask a guest a question then there's quiet because i'm thinking oh did i just lose that guest like happened in the last guest i'm like oh that's not the silence i needed because she's still talking thinking that she's being on the air and she's quiet and we're quiet so but i i, I do love quiet like when i can get out and just escape and yeah, i tell you what my biggest best ideas i've ever come up with happen when i just take a nice quiet walk nothing yeah. else well, I walk every night with my dog a couple miles, and I, I'm a, I ride road bikes and mountain bikes, and all of my books, I tell people, are written on those walks and on the bikes. That's where all my books are written. Yeah, me by too. the time I sit down, the book's written. It's done. I already have the outline. I put my outline out, and I've written it in my head. So by the time I sit down, I just write it. I usually spend about two weeks, and I knock the whole manuscript out. And my editor is pretty amazed. They go, how do you get this thing so organized and it's ready to go? By the time we get it, they usually don't even ever change the order. They just clean it up. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm, I know Hemingway as a writer, uh, you know, uh, but I can put things in logical order and relay information. That's my strong point organization. And they just go, I go, guys, I've been thinking about this book for a year. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> you, you, know? you had the dress rehearsal in your brain before you went to the keyboards. That's the secret. <laughs> well, and if it wasn't during quiet time, it wouldn't happen, right? If I didn't have quiet right. so and true. be able to focus on that, you know, I'm getting exercise, thoughts are going through my head. That's how you get things done, too. I mean, on a creative side, if you're bombarded by noise all the time and things, it's like, uh, you know, when you're writing. I write with just music on. I can't have anything else going on. And there's times when I have to turn the music off. That's it. I can't have anything going in the background. Zero. Because my mind, it just gets it off track. So true. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. And people go, you, you, yeah, they go, you write in just pure quiet. There's no sound. I go, yes. <laughs> and, and I think people today struggle with quiet. I think people are so used to knowing. Yeah. They don't know what to do when it's just pure quiet they're like oh what yeah. do i do it's an it, it's an Please. awkward silence to them but for you and me it's a motivating silence <laughs> that's what i refer to it as well it it helps you clear your mind too you know it, it, our minds are busy all the time anyway as a human we're 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 wired to learn we're wired to yeah. be curious we're wired to create and a lot of that's been taken away so once you get to that quiet mode all those things start to come back and and you know, 
walking in the forest, I can't even, you do it. I can't even tell people. If you want to just decompress, get away, just go somewhere quiet and walk. You'll be amazed the health effects it will have and the mental effects it will have. And you, and, you talk about this. Yeah, stuff. and you get grounded. There's, we had Dr. Sinatra on the show talking about how you grounded the earth and there's some science oh, yeah. behind that. So, yeah, yep. I agree. Well, fantastic. Oh, time flew by. Thanks again for being on the show. It's such great information. Hey, let's not wait this long to have you back, so make sure you send me a tweet. <laughs> let's get you back on here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure. I, I'm building a list because, uh, as you, I got so busy and I lost contact with some of the shows because people need to I built everything I did by doing interviews. I was not a social media darling. Right. I've been doing interviews for years, and that's how I built this company. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. It was great, though. So let's share it. To learn more about Gary Collins, go to thesimplelifenow.com, and be sure and check out his Simple Life series of books and read his blog post and tune into his Your Better Life podcast. And you can follow Gary on Twitter at simple life now and for my daily facebook and twitter post i'm at dr david friedman instagram i'm at dr d friedman if you heard gary share something today that would benefit somebody you know maybe they need to be off the grid maybe they're cluttered in life send them a link to this podcast it's available to yougoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library and share these segments with friends family and co-workers and on social media this information is too important to keep to yourself sharing is caring you can subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.